We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to Moose and Roots Podcast. This is episode 188 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Moose. So here to bring you some playoff reactions. The Bears are headed of the playoffs. They backslide their way in because John Wolford is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. No, I'm kidding. Chris um, Strettler, Stret- someone that played for the Cardinals for two and a half quarters. What was his name? Yeah, that was John uh, Wolford's better than that guy. You got to applaud Kyler for coming back in and giving it a go. If he would have stayed in, if they would have given him the big needle right away, um, maybe the Bears are not in the playoffs because but once again, didn't. the Bears the Bears failed to do what they need to do against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the prolonged dominance in the Aaron Rodgers era continues. Uh, we're going to get into it all. We're going to break down some uh, buy or sell. We're going to do some locks. We're going to talk bulls, a little bit of NBA. But first, Matt, how are you? I'm doing, doing all right. Doing pretty well. I mean, like it or not, no matter how they got there, we are getting ready for playoff football this weekend. Yes, they added the seventh team, and the Bears are that seventh team. But we are getting ready for playoff football. It's better than not, I guess. Right? I, I don't Had know. They, I, I'd rather, in, a, in terms of draft of a, position, I don't really care about like 18 It's not even 16th. the draft position. That's really me. the only thing. That I don't think... I don't think Nagy or Pace were getting fired if the Cardinals pulled off that win. Yeah, but I'm at I'm at an existential crisis of um, talk to me. I'll be your therapist. What, talk to me. What is what is it worth? Because I hold out hope that somebody loses their job on the back end of this. I, I know that's probably just going to be Chuck Pagano. He's going to be the sacrificial lamb. He's going to you know take the axe and buy Nagy time. Um, I know I said last week I'd be okay with Pace hanging around, giving him another draft, seeing what he could do. Uh, but, again, Matt Nagy goes out there and he rolls out what I would call a winning game plan against the for Green Bay Packers. For 55 minutes. No, for like – for, for, for the majority For like 40 of minutes. For, the for like 40 minutes. Game. Yeah. And then abandons it and then does something boneheaded. And then I don't know if he reads Twitter during the game, but they were running the ball. They were leaning on the run. Twitter's going crazy about not letting Mitch throw the ball down the field. Oh, then they do take the shot. Darnell Mooney, fantastic play. Again, you only get but three points out of it. That's off to that um, guy. Darnell Mooney had a had a game. He is becoming a dude, but go on. He, he is. And um, to get a little ahead of ourselves here, if Mooney's not available, if Roquan's not available, oh, it's another reason to just say, like, what, what What are we doing here? Um, I, I really I really was, I don't know, to give Matt Nagy credit to say I was impressed about the game plan against the Packers. I was impressed. They, they did what they needed to do in controlling the clock and keeping Aaron Rodgers and that offense off the field. And it got you in a game in the early fourth quarter. And then when you get to that moment, you roll out right into a boundary with one receiving option that's not open. Mm-hmm. And you put Mitch in a position to look like an idiot again. And you put Bears fans in the position to hate you again. And I just don't understand it. Like the consistency in play calling is once again, non-existent. So earlier in the game, you questionably get into the red zone and kick a field goal. Okay. Then mid game, you questionably get into the, or you get into the red zone and then questionably yeah. go for the field goal again. Then in the fourth quarter, you get into the red zone and you go for it. 
on fourth and longer than the previous two. Mm-hmm. With a quarterback sneak, right? With that a was quarterback the... – uh, no, 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 no. Wasn't that the quarterback talking, sneak with Mitch? It was a quarterback sneak, but then later in the dro- – or was that later in the drive you get into fourth and – yeah, they could have kicked the field goal previously on the drive where he rolled out and threw the ball. Oh, yeah, it was, they they had like run 50, down. it was like a 50 – oh, yeah. So yeah, right. not to say that – they were down five at that point. Not to say that that's the end-all be-all, but it makes it a less than a field goal game. That's when you actually kick the field goal. That is when strategically you kick the field goal and make it a field goal game with seven whatever left on the clock, 722 left on the clock. Like, I, I just don't understand what the driving force in any of his decisions are. Is it just like spin the wheel? Is it how do I feel right now? Is it like trying to gauge momentum of the game? I, the the strategy and the theory behind the decisions that he makes. Say what you want about the decisions in play calling. It's usually bad. I will give him credit for the decisions he made in play calling on Sunday up till that point. Mm-hmm. But his game theory, like like where his decisions come from, his actual core of football knowledge, it's to be questioned. I, I just don't I'm understand not, it. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm in agreement with you there. It just kind of seems like, I mean, most of these head coaches you think have that analytics type sheet or whatever they have an analytics guy that's in their ear kind of telling them hey like you know with where we're at in the game this is the analytical play all that and I'm not saying listen to that guy religiously but that seems to be something that you should probably have in your ear I feel like the impression I get from Matt Nagy is he either doesn't have that guy he doesn't listen to that guy or he just completely turned off that guy's wiring to his headset because uh, the, the play calling was, with the exception of that fourth and one, I think has gotten had gotten a lot better. And uh, reportedly, he's more involved in play calling now. Whatever play calling the last few games has been better, but it's 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 the situational management. It, it's, it doesn't really seem to have much pattern to it, other than my gut's telling me to do this right now. And if you're Bill Belichick, if you're Andy Reid, all right, you kind of earn that benefit of the doubt. But if you if you haven't earned that yet, you're not. And, and you make these decisions that do kind of cost your team, it will end up coming back to bite you like it kind of is now, like he's facing more criticism, even though for the majority of the game, he coached a pretty darn good game, but the, the two, three bad decisions he make he made are the one that are, ones that are kind of glaring. And yeah. I, again, I, I think I tweeted something along the lines of, you know, still can't believe he called a pass on fourth and inches. I should correct that. It's not that he called the pass, which I would not have done. It's fourth and inches. Just line up and have Mitch go get you that half yard. He would have gotten it. But if you're going to call a pass, make it an RPO. Make it one with an option. Make it one quick. Don't they did have, it? Don't they did it off, prior? They did it previous off. in the game that on fourth down. I, I honestly was like, see when, that one. When I the think ball that one, snapped, the Mooney one, was more of an RPO though. Like he kind of faked was, the handoff. And it was. Pulled, it wasn't it was, a. Yeah, it wasn't like a quick little rug. We're gonna oh, we're just, we're no, rolling it out no, here. This no, is our no, option. No, no. We're trying to feed one on the sidelines. I'm was, agreeing with you. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm, I thought you were just. I'm totally no. I'm just yeah, this was, sense. I'm this totally was three agreeing options. with you. Mitch could hand off, pull, or flick it out, and Mooney was wide open in the flat, so he flicked it out. Like that's that's okay. Like that's if that was the play call, and you know Packer got a hand on it or something, made a really nice play. Would I? What been they didn't get you know? it. No. Uh, yeah, but like. You at least gave your quarterback the option to it's, run the ball, the option to throw, and that was just the choice. That, whatever, but that's not what three happened. Three things there. Three things there. It's a well-designed play. It gives your quarterback multiple options, mm-hmm. and situationally, it made sense. Left hash, moving a guy right underneath everything, working left. Like, 
giving you an option out there. Mitch also has the option to run there. Uh, if we don't get that first down, do Bears fans give him a hard time for passing on fourth down? Yes, because probably still yes, because they probably don't see that run option earlier in the play. But it works. It was a great play situationally. I'll give him credit mm-hmm. on uh, first drive of the game. 14 plays, matriculate the ball down the field, take up half the first quarter. Beautiful little inside flip to Cole Komet that almost went for the touchdown on the play before. Like, it's there. Just just go to the play calls. Go to the proper calls when it is required. Like, those plays exist. The guys can execute them. The guys Mm -hmm. believe in them. Uh, The rollout with the deep Mooney pass, deeper than the deepest. Throw it to a place where Darnell Mooney can get it or nobody can't. Yeah. There are productive plays in this offensive game plan. It's just he doesn't go to them at the right time often. But I will not sit here and say that Matt Nagy was the reason, the sole reason, no. at least, that the Bears lost that game. You cannot drop three gimme picks from Aaron no, I don't care which cornerbacks are out either. Like I, I know Jalen Johnson. Professional. They, they, uh, was it uh, Kendall Vildor? I always he has so many random yeah. consonants in that name. I forget how it's pronounced, which way it's spelled. Uh, at first, when I saw that drop one along the sidelines, like oh man, you know, great play to just get a hand on. Like, like bottom of the screen, it looked like he kind of just dove into it. And then they showed the uh, the end zone view from kind of behind Rogers, and it was like, oh dude, come on. Yeah, the Barkevius Mingo one. That's probably tough, the one that like I'll play. I'll give you like a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but still, like if, if in those games when you're playing a team that's better than you and you 100%. need to go for the knockout, those are the plays you have to make. It's a tough play, to. but when you're playing the Green Bay Packers in Week 17, if you want to win the game, plays, you gotta make win it. game. Yeah, tough plays, and that was not a situation of all oh, Barkevius Mingo. He had his eyes downfield and was thinking about the end zone because he no, scores. He, yeah, if he, if he picks that off, he scores. He just flat out couldn't bring that into his body. It wasn't a hot pass. It wasn't too much for him to handle. Flat out, could not make the play. Yeah. Um, you cannot do that three times against Aaron Rodgers. Expect to even be in the game, no, he gave let alone three win the game. Especially when you're like, – not only do you need to make those plays, but when you're – arguably your best defensive player isn't in the game anymore and you're playing mm-hmm. a backup linebacker and your other linebacker is – a very good run stopper, but not the greatest in pass coverage, not as not as fast as he used to be in Trevathan. When you get those gifts from Aaron Rodgers that he doesn't hand out all that often, had through five interceptions all year, you have to take him. Whether you're the Bears, whether you're the Buccaneers playing the Packers, when Aaron Rodgers gives you those opportunities, you have to take him. And they just, yeah. they, it's, again, like, the offense obviously could have put up more points, but if you told me the offense scored, you know, or the offense can possess the ball for, 35 minutes of that game, which I think they did. It was like 34, 20, uh, 34 minutes, 23 seconds, something like that. I'd have been mm-hmm. like, all right, the, the Bears have a real shot at this. It's yeah. a defense that I know they're shorthanded, but yet again, we're talking about it. I know he got a sack, but Khalil Mack did nothing against the backup tackle. I, I don't. I, I very much like Akeem Hicks and what he's done and stopping the run. Backup center, he's not getting to the passer. Like Robert Quinn didn't, again, do anything, but that's, you know, that's par for the course now. And, and They're not getting to, to the passer. Stop telling me how vaunted of a pass rush this is, how great Khalil Mack is. He's not. He's not to, playing great right now. To further, um, you know, to further make matters worse, 
that was what we were most excited about coming into the season is these two bookends that were supposed to wreck the world in Robert Quinn and in Khalil Mack. And I'm not sure what goes into defensive passer ratings, but somehow Khalil Mack's still in a top four in the NFL. It's it's him, it's Bosa, it's Miles Garrett, and it's TJ Watt. And I, I don't know what goes into that because I'm not seeing it out of Khalil Mack. Like I, I know it's not all about sacks and it's not all about QB pressures. Like sometimes first play of the game, Khalil Mack completely resets the line of scrimmage and blows things up. Doesn't mm-hmm. get the tackle, but he's three yards deep with the tackle in his hands and blows up the play. Yeah, I get those things don't show up in the box score, but I see them when they happen. I just am not seeing them happen. Yeah, often. it's like even in the especially 2018. I mean, 2018 is one of the best. I don't, the the numbers, like you said, might not have quite been there, but 2018 was arguably one of the best seasons from a defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever that I've personally watched. And I, he, he his sack total was was in kind of the mid teens, but every play, even when he was getting double teamed, he's blowing guys back. He's resetting the line of scrimmage. He's making plays in the backfield on the You're run. You're going to feel me. He is, he, he's, he's threatening to sack the quarterback. Like Even when he's not yeah. there, he's like, oh man, he, he almost had a hand on the Hand in we're the not, face. We're not or those strip sack anymore. fumbles where he's coming off the backside and yeah. couldn't get to the quarterback, but he, they still his, get timing, one arm out. Like, his timing was so good that he got, a, he got a hand on the ball, got a hand on the QB to affect the pass. I don't know what it is anymore. It's just it, I don't, I don't think it's he's old. I, he, you don't age that quickly in two years. It's not that. I mean, he's still looks no, like but he's in great the numbers shape. the numbers will tell you where a guy is at physically and mentally sometimes. And these I think it's mentally this this season and last season are his two lowest sack totals in his entire career. So if we're seeing the downturn. We're seeing the downturn. As for Robert Quinn, I mean, sell him for a bag of footballs because that's yeah. the biggest waste of $70 million perhaps in Bears franchise history, and they've made some stupid moves before in the past. Worst defensive um, end signing, Robert Quinn or Jared Allen? Julius Peppers. He but Pepper even had a couple nice Pepper, no, Peppers was good. It's just he wasn't, yeah. like, he wasn't the prime. We got him, we got him after, after the prime. We prize, did, yeah. but we still got like a pretty darn effective Julius Peppers. Yeah. Um, what was your? Would you say Robert Quinn and who? Or Jared Allen? Robert Jared Quinn, Allen? And medicine woman. Jan- <laughs> you didn't get that. Didn't get I did. No, I did. I did. I, I got. Uh, I, I do remember. Okay, yeah, Jared Allen. Jared Allen is definitely Jared Allen is there from the a better a better plug into that um, into that parallel than Julius yeah. Peppers. I'll do. I'll do respect to Julius Peppers. Jay Peppers. Um, yeah, J- Jared Allen. Julius but like Jared, Jared Allen, Taylor, Jared so. Allen. I remember we got him, and it was like, oh, okay, this is a lesser Jared Allen. This is yes, a lesser Jared Allen. They didn't commit all that much money. This to isn't him. this isn't Jorts Jared Allen. We're getting you know a, a guy who is trying to prove that he still got some. Robert Quinn is was supposed to be a yeah. pro bowler this year. Robert Quinn was supposed to be an all coming off an eleven sack fresh. season. Yeah, uh, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know what's happened there. I don't know if that's a matter of him not fitting into whatever Chuck Pagano is trying to have him do or him just like it really being, and I know it's tough for us to sit here and say this, but I signed my check and then I pack it in. I hope like, that's some not guys, the case, but some yeah, guys do do that. I mean, you see that a I, lot. I, listen to, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you listen to it or if any of our listeners uh, listen to the I am athlete or house of athlete, uh, I am athlete podcast with it's Brandon Marshall, uh, Ocho Cinco, 
That um, sounds like a podcast. Right uh, there. You can stop it right there. That'd be great. No, but it's uh, Fred Taylor, Ocho Cinco, Brandon Marshall, and uh, why am I blanking on who the fourth is? Um, linebacker, longtime linebacker. But it, it's a Derek fantastic Brooks. podcast. No, um, it, it's a fantastic podcast. They, they're they hilarious. They do a great job. But they, they've touched on that before in the past about like the monetary side of things and how – individualistic you have to be about getting your money but some guys go too far and once they get that money they're good Mm -hmm. brandon marshall was talking about brandon marshall they always joke like b marsh you played for 35 different teams in the nfl like they always give him a hard time and he's like yeah because i was always hungry for the next check he said Mm -hmm. even to the last year of his career he had such a belief in himself that he was uh, you know a a seven figure, excuse me, an eight figure guy, regardless of where he was at in his career. You have to see yourself that way. And you have to be, if you're, if your motivation is the check, you can't think about the contract you have, even if it's five years, even if it's 10 years, you have to think about what am I doing in year 11? What am I doing in year six mm-hmm. to make sure someone is ready to bring me the bag again? And I think Robert Quinn really is just satisfied with his 70 million. And yeah, I'd be satisfied with 70 million, but if I'm Robert Quinn, I want to go out there and wreck shit on a weekly basis. He just doesn't seem to have that desire anymore. No, it's just, it seems like a guy completely going through the motions and like, yeah, it's it's that was supposed to be such a big strength of the defense and it just seems like when the back end is kind of is his piecemeal kind of doing all they can and I think Kyle Flores had a pretty darn good season like you got mm-hmm. a defense that's kind of reeling that is shorthanded that by all means while they might not be the best behind him you know when Roquan's out and they're shorthanded on, with the defensive backs they're doing everything they can, and they they're, they're getting nothing from the guys up front that is supposed to just be the strength of this team. It's supposed to be the best part of this team. And uh, Chan, Channing Crowder. That was I was I, I was going yeah. to say that because I googled the podcast. Oh, you got to get you got to get into it because I, that, that sounds like Mondays, a great podcast. Mondays or Tuesdays it releases every or Mondays. I think. Mm, okay, I don't know, but. I've I've watched every single one of them. They're entertaining. You know, they they don't just talk about football. It's it's good stuff. But uh, Matt, before we let's go positive here. Let's, sure. let's spin things forward before we start talking about this Saints matchup. I do want to applaud David Montgomery for the way he ran the ball on Sunday and the way he's run the ball over the last month and a half here. Um, he was met with criticism too at certain points this season, rightfully so. But he was running behind a offensive line that. Couldn't pass block, couldn't run block. They've Mm -hmm. found something with the addition of Alex Bars. We've talked about it in weeks past. But the way that David Montgomery finishes runs, um, the way that he sticks his leg in the ground, hyperextends his knee, shakes it off, and is back for the next series. Like, in terms of, like, boneheaded, that's my guy, tough as nails, finishes runs, Chicago Bear running back. That's a Chicago Bear running back. He's he's there for me. He's Have there you, for me. I will, no, I will not question the want, the will, or the ability of David Montgomery at any point as long as he's in a Bears uniform. We, we had, in this po- on this podcast, talked about how, you know, early in the year, sometimes he dances around holes too much, and you're kind of, he's always seemed to wait and hit the hole. I'm, I'm starting to realize, like, He's only doing that because was doing that because there, there was, was no hole. Now you're starting to see <laughs> holes open up for him, and he, you know, he's he's kind of a one cut back. He plants that foot and just kind of goes. Do you watch mm-hmm. Good uh, Good Morning Football at all on the NFL Network? Yes, they have a segment. Uh, I think it's on Angry Runs. Once a, I was going to say Angry Runs. Um, David Montgomery could win that every week. He, yeah. like, every one of his runs is angry. He finishes those runs angry. Like he, he I, they're they're not always busting for. 
12, 11 yards, but he runs the ball. He's looking for the extra yards. He picks up three yards, and then because he finishes the run angrily, turns it into five. He yeah. is and, 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 and second and second and five is the play sheet opens up as opposed to second and seven. Yeah, because like you can run loss. Also, like if you have second and five and you got a guy like that, you also got to be ready for the run on second. Like you got to yeah, be ready go for back everything on yeah. second and five defensively. Um, unfortunately, usually for running backs, that's how careers end up. You know, not like ending early because of like serious injury, but just tend to get worn down. Longevity quickly. is. But right now, worn. the way he's running the football, like. I, I want that guy on my team. I want that guy getting the rock 25 times a game. And credit to him, he's shown that he can get out in the passing game too. I think he had uh, nine. He had 22 carries. He had nine, eight, nine more receptions for 60-some yards. Like He is yeah. effective and has to be – he can use that pass game as an, uh, as an extension of his run game. Just, he has adapted you know, his game to let him do that. Unlike you know, Jordan Howard never really did as good as he was between the tackles. Again, take the nameplates off of the players. Um, just football uh, strategy. Everything becomes easier if you can effectively run the football. Everything becomes easier when you can run the football on first down. It, it just life as a play caller. I'm mm-hmm. not going to make it hard on himself, <laughs> but everything that you want to do opens up off of the run. And this is coming from someone who loves to watch the passing game, who touts West Coast offense, who wants to see the quick game get established, but you also have to be real about the identity of your football team. And that is not the Chicago Bears. You need to be able to run the football. It's mm-hmm. not It's not a luxury to run the football if you're the Chicago Bears. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, they can get away with passing the ball uh, 50 times a game. The uh, Buffalo Bills even with their offensive attack right now could get away with passing the ball that many times a game because they have so many run threats and that could be secondary. The Bears have to be a run-first football team. That's no disrespect to Mitch. That's no disrespect to Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. I mean, Anthony Miller had had a big fourth down or big third down catch Mm -hmm. for the Bears, a couple of them. Fourth down. No disrespect to those guys. Was that a fourth down? That was was a fourth down. That was their first. I think they went for it on the first drive, yeah. No disrespect to any of those guys, but this is a team that only sees any sort of success with the way they're currently constructed if David Montgomery can run the ball effectively, and he's been doing that uh, in past weeks, so good on him there. But we do have to talk about the matchup coming down the pipe here. The Bears are a playoff team, 7 meets 2 in the Superdome. The Bears 2-0 historically against uh, the against the Saints in the playoffs, I believe. Well, the first win coming back in like 81. Second one was in the Super Bowl run in that NFC Championship game. Uh, Drew Brees was the quarterback then, oddly enough, and he will be the quarterback on Sunday. Uh, he's a lot less scary, Drew Brees, this Sunday than he was that one. Uh, but the Bears defense is a lot less scary than we were <laughs> that, uh, this week than we were yeah. that one as well. Um, what, what's your initial feeling on this one? Because I... I don't know if it's just the mental dominance that Green Bay has asserted over us, but I'm far more optimistic about this coming week than I was about last. 100%. Now, I mean, I'm not, this isn't me saying they're going to win the game. I'm more optimistic that they can win this game than the Packers game just because of, uh, honestly, that mental dominance that Aaron Rodgers has over us and probably them to some extent too. Uh, I, I think a lot of it obviously comes down to the health of the Saints offense and the Bears defense. It, it mm-hmm. sounds like since it's Sunday, Kamara's going to be back, and they're saying Michael Thomas looks like Michael he might Thomas play well. too. Um, so that's obviously a big blow. Um, but if Roquan and uh, Screen and Jalen Johnson aren't playing, I'm not really sure it matters who's on you know, who's on the field for the Saints. Um, 
but you're right, Drew Brees. It's it's not Drew Brees scares me a whole lot less than Aaron Rodgers. And I think what you just kind of have to do is sell out to stop Alvin Kamara and dare Drew Brees to beat you, right? Yeah. I, I, I think you that's have to it, come out with the same game plan, obviously. You have to be able to run the football. You have to control safeties. the ball for about 35. But if, you're, if they can control the ball for 33 minutes on Sunday, which, again, that's a tall task. The Saints play good defense. But if you can do that, I have a whole lot less faith in Drew Brees to go – you know, four for four on touchdown meaning or four yeah. for five on meaningful touchdown drives than I do uh, Aaron Rodgers. I need to see the safety's heels at like no deeper than seventeen yards. I yeah. need to see the I need to see the defense asserting themselves downhill against the run, the pass, everything. The biggest plays of the season. We were doing a top ten uh, on New Year's. The biggest plays of the season for the Saints have been Drew Brees dumping it off to, to Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And him making something out of nothing. Everyone's got to be playing downhill. You got to be keyed on him. Obviously, you have to respect the talents of Michael Thomas. But what sort of Michael Thomas is it with that ankle coming out of a six, eight week hiatus, whatever it may be? Let Drew Brees try and attack vertically and beat you with Michael Thomas. So like I'm we not- said, like we said last week, if Aaron Rodgers is going to beat you, going to uh, his tight end, going to Robert Tunyon rather than going to seventeen, okay. Mm-hmm. If Drew Brees is going to beat us, going to Michael Thomas and finding different receivers, going to an aged uh, Manuel, uh, Manuel Sanders. Sanders rather than going to 41, then we're going to get beat. But I don't want to get beat watching Alvin Kamara score six touchdowns. out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, um, I, I got a question. I'm, I'm not. You didn't play defense in college, but you played receiver, which is more of the question that I'm, I'm kind of getting at here. I never game plan defensively. I'm not sure as much what goes into it as I am offensively, obviously. Why is there a reason why on Sunday that there shouldn't just be Kyle Fuller whenever you see 88, you go where he is? No, and but like, I, I, not to go back to the Packers game, but we're, you're, you're watching that and you got in the slot, what was it, on third long? Wide open on third down. Like, hey, you, yeah, you got Duke Shelley on Devontae Adams on a critical third down. Maybe Not call a timeout. There was a play early in the game. There was a play early in the game where the Packers went empty. Uh, uh, Devontae Adams is in the slot, and he's uncovered. Roquan's got a roll over the top of him. Roquan's covering him at 10 yards. The first down's at 7. Literally, that wasn't even the play, but he's smart. Aaron Rodgers is smart. He sits it down at the first down marker, and they, they literally pitch and catch for the first down. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. Not, to say that, not to say that Chuck Pagano doesn't deserve to lose his job. I know he's going to be the sacrificial lamb here. Chuck Pagano needs to figure something out here. Like he's got – it's not to say he doesn't have talent on the defense. I'm not sure his game plan um, – it, it, his game plan, plan to slow down stars in yeah. terms of 17 and in terms of 41 this week, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. Like, fi- Kyle Fuller, go find where 88 is. He's on a bum ankle. Get up against him on the line and just – it's five yards. Well, he, 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 he keeps him. saying 88. Michael, Th- he's talking is, about Michael is Thomas. Is Michael Thomas 88? No, he wears like 13 or something like that. I think Michael Thomas was 88. Why did no. I think he was, whatever. Third, he's five, 13 on the field and just thirteen. beat that guy up in the first five yards. Yeah, I, 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 for um, some reason the Bears don't like playing press coverage, and they whatever. Sometimes, if if you want your to give your corners more room to operate, that's fine. But in this situation, you got a star receiver on a bum ankle, who hasn't played this much much this year. He's kind of their biggest threat to throw to by far. Just mm-hmm. beat him up and don't let him beat you. Put your best guy on him and shut him down. 
Uh, it is plain and simple what Vegas thinks of the Chicago Bears. It's the biggest line on the board this week. They are catching nine and a half. I think that's too many uh, because when you do the math on Some books, it's up half, to ten and a half now. Well, nine and a half. Essentially, when you when you do the math on it, nine and a half says the Bears have a chance to win this game about 17% of the time. Um, it's good it's math the playoffs. Right it's the playoffs. It's two teams uh, that, for all measures – uh, can match up. I, I think that the Bears have a ch- better chance if you play this game 100 times. I think the Bears win more than 18 of them. Um, but that, that being said, I approach this with a guarded heart. I know that this is not a Chicago Bears team that is uh, equipped to go into Lambeau two weeks from now and beat Aaron Rodgers. And do I want to see Just- the Bears have to do that? Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But man, for our season to end at the hand of Aaron Rodgers again, for us to lose a third game this season to Aaron Rodgers and possibly a, what, like 25th in his career, I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I am not rooting against the Chicago Bears. I'd love to see a playoff win. Uh, but does it vindicate some people on this team? Does it vindicate some people on this coaching staff and in, within this building that don't deserve that vindication? Most likely. Probably. Probably. We'll see if the Bears can pull it off against the Saints on Sunday. It is the final game of Wild Card Weekend. Jam-packed Wild Card Weekend. I can't wait. Triple headers. Matt, let's dive into some buy or not. Let's buy. Locks let's of the week. Do some, uh, locks of we'll the get week to buy your buy or sell. I know you're. you're you are on there. a. I now, just, I know. I, I know. I know. We've done. gone hot. Co- we've gone hot cold. I'm done like that. But you are on a slide. I picked up one or two wins a couple. couple unbeknownst weeks ago. to the Moose and Runes podcast. If I'm not mistaken, you're like one in five over the last six. I I think I'm, I'm like not, I think I'm, I'm two mistaken. and five. I think I got like two sp- spread out wins over the last like six or seven weeks. It's been uh, taking time. stock of the board. I am nine seven and one. Stay hot, kid. I think you I'm the opposite. Seven. I'm seven and nine. You are seven and ten. Seven and ten. Okay. Right Apologies. Um, but uh, last week the locks were I gave you Pittsburgh uh, getting ten, which was prior to some COVID news. So if you if you listen to the Moose and Runes podcast religiously, when this thing drops, if you download, you subscribe, you listen, you win money. It's true. Uh, that's what I that's what I gave you. I think that line at game time was still hovering around. Pittsburgh was it ten? I think. I think Pittsburgh getting four and a half around the opening snap of that that one uh, with the omissions on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Four and a half or six. I think it was still it was, up it was, there. It was, I think it was six, maybe. I don't know. It was still in that range. I think you're still around Whatever. the touchdown. Doesn't matter where you bought it. They uh, they 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 would have covered it because that was a close ball game, um, and that was a winner. Matt gave you Clemson, it which did. didn't work out. Which was work dead out. from the opening snap. No, no, those? they went up seven nothing. How about those Ohio State Buckeyes? Uh, they we're gonna they break, look good. They look good. We're going to break down that uh, that matchup briefly here in a moment. But, Matt, why don't you offer the people a log of the week for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL? I'm just The Buffalo Bills are playing as good a football as anybody. Um, I'm going to take them minus six and a half. The Colts aren't playing. I know they've been winning the last few weeks and playing not the greatest of teams and kind of not – playing their best football, I think, headed into yep. the playoffs. I think the Buffalo Playoff Bills are Philip playing Playoff Philip Rivers. Best. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's also fair. Um, the, the Buffalo Bills are playing the best football of anybody in the NFL right now. I'm going to take them playing the six and a half at home. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I've, I've started doing this thing where – a lot of our NFL analysts, our guys, our uh, Pick 6 podcast guys, Will Brinson, uh, they have crazy followings on social media, and they'll engage with me. So I like to get okay, in the mentions. Can I like mix- talk to them too? Absolutely. You tell them to respond to me on my picks? Uh, I, don't know the, I, don't know if res- 
I don't know if they'll respond to you. No, no, no. I'm not talking about locks of the week, but like just from like a Twitter engagement thing, I've made a point of like getting in their mentions, having the conversation with them, and then letting the masses mm-hmm. take us both to task for whatever side of the conversation you're on because no one's going to ever come to bat for you until someone comes at you. I made the statement the other day. Uh, Brinson tweeted something out about uh, Matt Stafford and a crazy career number, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted at him because Brinson's a huge Philip Rivers proponent, like put the put the gold jacket on his shoulders. Yes, I believe he's a Hall of Famer because the numbers say so. But I said 10 out of 10 Sundays, give me Matthew Stafford over Philip Rivers. I just believe in Matthew Stafford more in a winning moment, even though he's never won a playoff game. Wins are wins are a team stat. So these are all the things that come up in this conversation when people are saying, yeah. absolutely, I want Stafford. Absolutely. Or screw you. I'm a, how could you even say that? We talk about like, like over the course of their careers or right now just over the course okay, of the years for a second i thought 10 out of 10 right sundays like, who the hell could tell you philip rivers it's a device it's a divisive thing that i wanted to say to drum up a, but it's something i believe as well but yeah. something i knew would drum up a little bit of traction on twitter maybe a couple follows maybe a couple unfollows but that's what we're here for mm-hmm. um I, I forget where i was going with this oh it was just kind of off the idea of philip sure. rivers as a playoff quarterback like he loses on sunday are, are we are we just done just because of the numbers the passing numbers what he's done for the game offensively he's a hall of famer Philip I, think, Rivers in your I eyes? think so and i think it's just like at some point you just get so used to it that it's just like oh, okay yeah that happened again like it's, okay it's, so so off of that is matthew stafford because if you extrapolate the numbers and you give him a couple of playoff wins uh matthew stafford i think has played like five or six less I do seasons think so, so if he awesome. was to be out there for five or six more seasons he would accrue the numbers of philip rivers matthew i do stafford think matthew stafford's all famer. because just like knee jerk right for away. me knee jerk for me he's not he, you, you gotta win a playoff so the thing is like you, you said it i, I know you don't you have to win a super bowl but you gotta win a playoff like which by his career is not over and his time in detroit probably is so I, down, I, I think that's coming. Which Bear probably, down, if, baby. If, if they want to do that, sign me up tomorrow. Um, give him a chance kind of in his next stop because, like, you switch their careers. You switch – and not their careers, their teams. The, the, Phillip Rivers wouldn't have won a playoff game with the Detroit Lions. No, Matthew like, Stafford probably would have with the Los Angeles Chargers or San Diego, Los Angeles, whatever you want to call them for the time he had. So it's – I'm not punishing the guy for being yeah. drafted by the Lions and then signing, you know, a record-breaking contract to stay there. Like it's not yeah. – it's not his fault the organization's inept. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. I just wanted he, to kind of he has, explore he, that a little bit. He hasn't won a playoff game. I think he's only played in one, right? Uh, Stafford, yeah, I think he's yeah, got – I think he's only one. one career. Um what, what are you going to do? Can't win with Can't, But the the Hall of Fame is a an award that takes into – it's not the MVP award. It's not the Heisman Trophy. It takes into account a holistic approach to your career. And I just think that that, that resume is not complete without it's, some it's sort fair. of – But if he, get, if he keeps on this pace like – Postseason success, yeah. He's going to get the chance because he's not going to finish his career with the Lions. But like – yeah. 0-1 in the playoffs is a lot different than like, you know, being on the Bucks or the Rams and being like 0-7 or 1, like 1-8, whatever. Like if you, if you yeah. were like a perennial playoff choke artist, yeah, that, that factors in. For me, I, I can't punish the guy because he's on a team. For never having the opportunity. Like, and yeah. it, it's not like he's, his team's getting blown out week after week. Like 
Matt Stafford, I want to say there was a stat a few years ago, like lead, like led all active quarterbacks in fourth quarter comebacks. Like dude's always making drives late in games to put his teams back in spots. In spite of the talent. Exactly. Like, Like, don't get me wrong. I like Kenny Galladay. He's a very nice receiver. Kenny Galladay is not number one receiver on another, like national football league team. He's doing with Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones, uh, Golden Tate was there for a while. Like none of these guys are number one receivers. Calvin Johnson, obviously. Yeah, um, he had Calvin first, Johnson for a while. First ballot or whatever. He's going that in the was hall. Like, that, that's... Outside of Calvin Johnson, like, can you think of the best offensive weapon on that off? Like, can you think of the best offensive weapon in Barry the Matthew Stafford era? No, I don't think they played together, did they? No, Joe No, there's joke. one, there's 0% chance joke. that they played together. Joe was, was like, a joke. Over, I was like, did they overlap? My God. Uh, maybe, maybe Nate Burleson, and that's because he played opposite of Calvin Johnson. Like, he just got looks because... Honestly, the best weapons are the ones he has, like, he's had the last couple well, Garrett years, Blunt? The, the combination of Galladay, Tate, and Marvin Jones are probably the best weapons yeah. he's had. And again, those are as much as very solid NFL players. They're, you know number two receivers on good teams. I, I think DeAndre Swift was a fantastic pick for them. Very I think he's going to be great for the time, uh, for, for years for to come. whoever the next quarterback uh, is there, because it's not going to be you Matthew know, Stafford. You know we love to go off, we, we love to go off on a tangent here, but you are taking, uh, let's Bills. rehash here, you're Bills taking minus the six Bills and a half. minus six and a half. Are there odds I'm on laying, Matthew Stafford to make the haul? Can I, can I, I don't, I don't think you can, podcast? I don't think a long-term lock there. I, uh, I don't think you can find those just yet. I don't know. Fair if you enough. dig deep enough, you, you might be able to I'll get I'll find it. a site. Um, I am going uh, with a age-old betting adage and an age-old adage that applies to things outside Sales of sports gambling. Do not bite the hand that feeds you. If you're going to give me a matchup. Also fade the Browns. Also fade the Browns. If you're going to give me a matchup that I won on last week, let's, let's ride the horse. Let's jump right back on. I'm Love going it. with the Pittsburgh Steelers again this time. Fully full battery of offensive, offensive and defensive talent. Last week, they almost won the game with uh, with um, I want to call him Duck Hodges, but it wasn't Duck Hodges. It's uh, Mason Rudolph. Mason they Rudolph. almost won the game with Mason Rudolph, and none of their offensive uh, Pro Bowlers and All Pros or defensive. Excuse me. Um, you give me all those guys back in the fold, and I only got to lay two more points or a point and a half more. I think they were, or no. And then they were still they were getting points, but yeah, I, I only have to lay six points with a far less better than a football touchdown. team. Laying less than a touchdown. Also I am home. also holding. This might be this uh, buyer beware. This might be coming from the heart, which is never a good place to no, play from because I am from holding. I am holding a twenty-five to one uh, Pittsburgh to win the Super Bowl ticket, but. Laying six against the Browns, who, again, dealing with COVID issues, not going to have their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Go out, get it right now. Pittsburgh, laying six, lock it in. You know, well, after they win that game, you might want to check out Prop Swap, see if you can sell that ticket. The 25 to 1? Just yeah, saying. I, I, take, I, I take a look at Prop Swap. I, I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl. But, um, take, take a look at that. You might be able to find a Steelers fan who's bet with his heart. Thinks those are good odds. Uh, that's like, I like that. I like that I, those, those long-term, those long-season, I think I – I think I put that in when they were like four and zero, five and zero, something like that. I got them at twenty five to one. I think it was four and zero. That's that's just like uh, you spend the money that week, and that's that's already lost yeah, money. Already futures lost futures are lost money. That's just the, like if you if one of them hits, it's a bonus. Unless unless I'm looking at like a Darren Rovell, uh, Northwestern to win the conference. 
pay out forty six thousand, sixty thousand dollars. I'm not swapping anything out. If you're gonna if you're gonna pay me a hundred okay, bucks, if you're gonna pay me a hundred and ten bucks for my twenty five to one ticket to get my money back, it could be I'm a couple there. trips to Sally's a pizza over there that you like so much. I'm just they're saying, bringing one. They're bringing out. one to Stanford. I mean, that, bringing, don't get me wrong. That'll be they're good. They're putting one it, down. The, they're putting it, one down the street. Yeah, it it's not the other. It's it's all about the other. Yeah, it's it. Can we before we swing, but while we're on the gambling topic, then we get off. I know we got a schedule to keep here. We got some hoops to talk, but uh, friend yep. of the podcast, guest of the podcast, Ryan McGuffey was, was in the office with him on Sunday during the Bears game. We talked about some bets he had in, and he he decided to throw in a five dollar uh, just like prop bet parlay on points bet. It was uh-huh. like five bucks. It was a nine nine play prop bet, five bucks to win like twenty one hundred, mm-hmm. and he went eight out of nine. Oh, no. And the one that didn't hit was Buck uh, Brown's team over twenty six and a half. Oh no! It was, he was so close to doing it too. They had that. <laughs> they had that fifty one yard field goal attempt that they decided that they didn't go with and decided yep. to like run Baker on fourth and seven or something. Didn't get yep. it. And not, don't get me wrong, there's no chance Cody Parkey makes that kick because he's Cody Parkey. But <laughs> it was a five dollar prop bet to win like twenty one hundred bucks, and dude Two goes things. eight out of nine. Two things: they saved him from Cody Parkey heartbreak once again. Yeah, and uh, you know that's that's the nature of at those least it was never on the leg of Cody Parkey. Let's, let's exactly. Uh, but if nothing else, further reason for us to ride the Pittsburgh Steelers this week in yeah. the wild card weekend. So we're giving you two favorites, uh, two of the bigger favorites, Steelers and the uh, the Bills for Matt Rooney this week. He's got to yes. he's got to stage some sort of comeback here. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Never as say we never. Come down the stretch. Super Bowl will be the final pick. Yeah. Uh, as it is here on the Moose and Runes. Pick them special. That's when we Matt, get into weird we... prop bets and I love it. Like last year yeah. I won like Sammy Watkins catch total in the Super Bowl. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that hit in the first quarter or something like that. Yeah. It, it um, we need to talk a little college football before we go to the NBA. Heisman Trophy awarded a night ago. Devontae Smith becomes the Very first deserving. wide receiver uh, to get the award in 30 years, 29 years. Desmond Howard doing it in 1991. Charles Woodson. No, Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard. Wasn't Woodson no, Des- te- technically both no. cornerback receiver? No, cornerback uh, specialist. They, okay, whatever. We, he becomes Fine. the because we kind of had to define these things. Gotcha. Um, okay. To say how many whatever whatevers during our show yesterday, three. He becomes the third receiver to do it. It was Desmond Howard, and prior to Desmond Tim Howard, Brown. it was Tim Brown. Um, they wanted to count Johnny the Jet uh, Rogers out of Nebraska back in the sixties, but know who he that was is. a running back specialist. Hey, man, woman, and child, put him in the aisle. I mean, educate yourself, Matt. I didn't. I didn't live in Lincoln, Joe. I don't. No, I would have known that if I didn't live in Lincoln. Come okay. on, that's, okay. That's a okay. legendary uh, Pat Summerall call. I think it was man, woman, and child. Put him in the aisle. All right. I don't know. All right. Um, but uh, taking a look at the college football playoff finale, we had a blowout. Ohio State shock in the world coming out. We had not really seen the full form of Ohio State. They showed their full form they did. Uh, on, on, in that semifinal against the uh, against the Clemson Tigers. Trey and on the other is side, kind of breaking out. Go ahead, finish. Sorry, I mean, cut you off. Uh, on the, yeah, I mean, Trey Sermon has broken out over the last three weeks. He gets a single game rushing record, breaks the Eddie George record, and goes crazy in the semifinal. He just looks like just a whole problem to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to see two elite backs going at it. I know we talk about Devontae Smith. We talk about Mac Jones, but Najee Harris versus Trey Sermon. I mean, if they want to run the ball, if they want to run the ball at each other, yeah, that hurdle might have been the best hurdle I've ever seen in my life. It was stride. it's not even one running back. It's one of those like six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. Like, you're not supposed to. How be able can to do you that. be mad? Like you can't. Like as a Notre Dame fan watching that, like I wasn't even mad. I was like, 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. Why? Um, we can't do that. Notre, I mean, we touched on it last week, but Notre Dame doing what Notre Dame does. we got to look forward to the playoff. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State. Bama's laying, I believe, seven right now, an even seven. How would you approach this one? Because I think that now that we have this one data point of the elite performance from Ohio State, is this, you know, is this what we should expect from Ohio State? Is that sort of performance against Alabama? Do they rise to the moment once again? Justin Fields, some tender ribs. They're dealing with some COVID, mm-hmm. but they're not saying who. Uh, there's even been talks of pushing the game a week. I, I, I believe I saw happen. yesterday that or, uh, later last Gene, night. The AD and the they CFP, said, they, said, they no. said, no, we're going with the 11th. So um, I, I don't know how to factor that into this one, but it is almost identical to the line that was in the semifinal with Clemson laying the six and a half, seven against Ohio state. Do you foresee a close football game here, Matt? I think it's a close football game, but like we, we talk about in college a lot, like an 11 point game in the pros isn't usually an indicator of a close football game. You can have a 10 or 11 point game in college. It's back and forth. That's, that's a, that's a close, good football game. And with teams that score, at the rate that these two do. I mean, look, the over-under 75. 75. Like, that's a game. I, out, of prin- out of principle, you almost have to take the under. <laughs> I think out of principle, you almost have to take the over. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it'd be more I'm fun tempted. to root for, but I'm just saying, like, national title game, no one's going to bring a defensive effort. 75 it, points. Joe, it's not ten, a matter ten of... 10-plus touchdowns. Joe, Joe, it's not a matter of the defensive effort. It's looking at what no, these offenses have done the I last know. couple weeks against... By all means, like pretty solid defenses, like and I mean, pretty by, solid. Clemson by, was the number three total defense in the nation. They, well, get, they were uh, they the get f- their heads spun around. They were a little, a little bit banged up there on their uh, defensive yeah. front too, and they and lost then the ejection, which I don't even want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and it's it's not like the defensive effort isn't there on those sides. It's just that the offensive effort is so great. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. uh, I, I think I I think I like Alabama if it's at seven. I think if it gets over seven is kind of where I start looking towards Ohio State. Um, but, like, again, I, I can see this being, like, 45-35 and be, or 42-31 yeah. and still being a game that, you know, down to the wire is is right there and is close. Yeah. I'm excited for it. And, you know, to the offensive point, you got to think Sark wants to go out with his masterpiece here offensively for Alabama before he takes the job at Texas. Um, Speaking of which, of Texas different- football last night tweeted out a congratulations to head coach Steve Sarkeesian on coaching somebody that that's, won the Heisman Trophy. That's good content. Yeah. That's good content. <laughs> Johnny like Manziel that. quote tweet was like, oh, so you guys won the SEC then too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, we got to take things to the hardwood. You got some basketball questions for me. I know you're, uh, you're, you're burning questions here in the NBA as we kind of uh, get going. The Bulls coming off a fantastic comeback win, down 20. That's against what I want to talk about first. Like That if was an impressive up, fun if win. If you stayed up for the West Coast action, uh, you got yourself a game winner off the hand of Zach Levine. Impressive win. Uh, Billy Donovan's got the boys playing right now. Billy Donovan, after the Pacers game, called the team pretty much as respectfully as you can in a press conference, called the team out in his postgame presser and basically just said, hey, like, we're not mentally tough right now. First sign of adversity, yeah. we're folding. We need to get better. And since then, uh, the Bulls are four and two. They lost one game uh, at the Bucks. They, they got or, sorry. They lost two games. They got blown yeah. out once at the Bucks when they were very shorthanded, coming off a of back to back with some travel. Still got blown out, but there was kind of excuses, reasons for that with how good the Bucks are. Since then, they have been playing a different brand of basketball that we kind of haven't seen before. And even last night, Zach Levine asked in his press conference, you know, they were down 47-27 in the second quarter. 
One of the reporters, I think it was Casey Johnson, just said, Zach, do you guys win this game last year? And without hesitation, Levine just said no. No chance. No, and There's that's no chance the biggest game last year. Look at the product on court. Like, what's changed other than the addition of Patrick Williams? And not to discredit, you know, no, his he's very career good here. He's not the, difference, difference. the difference is the guy rallying the troops. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to see. I'm so excited to see what he can do when they do add a couple more pieces, when there's a little bit more talent on the mm-hmm. roster, when they start to move this thing forward to a competitive type team. But to see them open the year the way they did, and then rally from that point that they've never rallied from before, it can only be encouraging. Yeah, and I, I know we talked about, uh, I think it was even last week, you know, blowing up the team and, you know, inquiring about James Harden. Not that I'm not still I still, I'm still I 100%. That's in- what I'm saying. Not that I'm not inquiring about James Harden. But, like, yeah. if that does, if that route doesn't, you know, go well, whatever, you can't make a match, whatever, and this is kind of the core you have, like, this is now the way they're playing, the way they're coached, you know, the, the guy they have running the show, like, this is can become a place where a free agent might want to go, might want to be yep. like the guy. Uh, yep. it, it, you know, a week ago it wasn't because of the way you know you saw this core playing. It, the way they're looking now, the way they're playing for Billy Donovan, the talent that you're starting to see from, from we've seen from Zach Levine, but you're starting to see it from Kobe White. You're seeing a building block in uh, Patrick Williams. They got some bigs in, in Wendell Carter and Daniel Gafford that are playing pretty well. Like there's some some pieces there and it, it'll be interesting to see if they can take advantage of that in free agency because this is becoming i think a group that with it with a coach that guys might want to come play for yeah uh matt do we want to jump into some buy or sell and they have tremendous around? spirit they have tremendous spirit tremendous too. spirit you want to go spirit. around the nba what do you want to do here um let's go let's go buy or sell i know we got a time okay. limit here we can go buy or sell we, we got all year to talk about the nba outside of the Bulls. yep yeah, lead first. us off. Okay, I'll go first. Lead us off. Um, I, I, this is a little bit out there, but it, it, we're talking quarterbacks. I don't think it's ever too early, too out there to talk about the quarterback carousel. With the Dolphins having the number three pick, buy or sell, the Bears should be interested slash call about Tua. Sell. Sell Why? it harder than sell it harder than anything I've sold on this podcast before because I don't believe in Tua. Okay, that's, believe, that's fair. I did not believe in him the second his hip dislocated at Alabama, and I had my questions about him before that. You know, I've sat here and said lefty quarterbacks, mm-hmm. call it what you want. If there's science and numbers behind it, I don't know. There's a reason why there hasn't been a successful one in the NFL in almost two decades. There's a reason behind that. I don't know that reason. Byron Leftwich, the hefty lefty. There's a reason there hasn't been a successful lefty since Mike Vick. And Mike Vick never had the ultimate success that we're looking for here as Bears fans as well. I think Tua is small, not in height, not in weight. He's just slight. There's no muscle definition to his body. He's 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 small. when When he throws the ball... All of the power in the throw comes from the arm. Like, look at look at the look at the biochemistry of the way he throws the football. His feet aren't under his body. His hips are wide open. He's trying to drive the ball with his left arm. Put that next to a guy, and he will forever be compared to who you're drafted next. You put that next to Justin Herbert, who I just watched a deep ball montage of. 
feet under the body, Mm -hmm. collecting before the throw, throwing with the hips, like everything you're looking for in a quarterback. I don't believe in the mechanics of Tua Tagovailoa. It's a great story. I hope he comes back. I hope he's the answer for the for the Miami Dolphins. Would not be surprised if they draft a quarterback. That's what I was going to change the fire. Sell the Dolphins should be kind of looking. You know, I was I had a segment with our draft expert Ryan Wilson, and he'll do a million mocks between now and draft day on April 29th. But his most recent mock had them going with Zach Wilson at three, which I, I would, that's not who I would go with at three. Um, I would wait to the middle of the second. I would wait until, until that middle you know of the where first they round pick? pick. They got three and then whatever their pick is. I think 13 or 14, okay. something like that. So yeah, um, mid-teens. Mid-teens. Uh, no, 14, so- I forget where it is, but right around there, mid-teens, where you might be able to get a Mac Jones, Mm -hmm. where you might be able to get another Alabama quarterback and say, we like this Alabama quarterback better. But (laughs) they're they're in the process of building out a team, and they had a successful season – they were ahead of schedule, let's put it that way. So they have, I believe, five picks in the first – or six picks in the first 40 or 50 selections. So, like, you can can really – Put a shot into the arm of an of a, of a team that way um, with those with that sort of draft if, capital at the top of a draft. If you're that, I don't know if the, you go. I don't with, think financially or even mentally for Tua, you've you've mentally put him into question and in taking him out of two key games yeah. and putting Ryan Fitzpatrick in. I don't know if you can go and draft a quarterback and expect Tua to do anything for you next year with that draft capital. And the way that Sam Darnold finished the year for the Jets, if you are, I don't know who's right, who the GM is for the Dolphins, and I highly doubt they'd want to let Justin Fields go to a different team in the division. But mm-hmm. would, would you be calling and offering number three, number mid-teen, and another pick to try and move up that one slot to get Justin Fields and, and convince I mean, that's Jets way that too up? much. That's way too much. Okay. I'd give them, if you want to get up to two, I'd give them three and a third rounder, three and a fourth, like three and package some late picks. I'm not giving them both of my first round picks to go get Justin Fields at number two. That's a, that's a, that's a losing strategy mm-hmm. um, to be in love with Justin well, Fields. It's, uh, I, I know it, if it's, if it's obviously we saw the precedent set with the bears and 49ers in that regard, it probably doesn't take that much, but it, I guess my thinking was in order to get the jets to give you that pick, you they, you probably have a higher price for that pick than I don't know who's picking for, uh, the Bengals. They're not going. I'm not sure you even. But you know what I'm, I mean. I'm not sure you get, you might get John Lynch there because I think that the Jets really are going to go with Panay Sewell. I, I know that they need a quarterback, but I'm not sure that they love anyone beyond uh, QB one and Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. I'm not sure that, and so Man, much changes. So much I, changes over the next few months here. Um, if they Justin go to, Fields somehow gets they, the three, you got to take it. Do they give Sam Darnold a flyer? Do they go to the market in terms of Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, rather than drafting uh, at three or at two? Excuse me. I don't know. I don't know. That's a very interesting slot there. That two, three, and what's going to happen? But to answer your initial buy or sell, I sell that the Bears should be interested in Tua Tagovailoa. I buy that they should be doing exactly what I just said the Jets might do in exploring every single option to bring Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan into the yeah. Agree with you. Uh, now Matt, it's your turn. We yeah. saw an awesome scene on Tuesday night that some people might not have been aware of until it hit their Twitter feeds, but IIHF Junior World Championships, Canada versus USA. the United States on ice. USA, it's the home of hockey, baby. The juniors go out there and get the gold medal for us in a beautiful 2 nothing effort over Canada. I, I, I just – it really – it doesn't irk me, but it confuses me, and I know you're our hockey guy. Sure. It confuses me. 
how this can continue to happen because the U.S. since 2007 now four and one in gold medal games for juniors against mm-hmm. Canada, but we can't seem to get over that hump when it comes uh, World Championship times against Canada with well, you know part, the big boys or when it, when it comes is, to is, when it comes to um, why well, I wanted to call it the World Cup. Jesus, when it comes to Olympic, we're not time, we're not even going to talk about the World Cup of hockey because that doesn't matter. We can talk about like the Olympics in, in that regard, like. They've really just had buy or sell. It's gonna buy or sell. It's gonna start to translate. Let me get the buy or sell out. I'll I'll buy that if they allow the NHL players to go back to the Olympics. Because Mm -hmm. like if they don't, it's way too hard to predict. And uh, quite honestly, like the secondary talents coming from Canada are probably your better options than the secondary talents coming from America. Still, Um, like I mean, if you look at you know 2010, the gold medal game, like. The U.S. lost in overtime to Sidney Crosby in Canada. Like they pushed the best Canadian team ever on yeah, the home ice to, to ten it, minutes know? into overtime. Um, in 2014, that Canada team was arguably the best team like ever put together since the Soviets, and the putting together of Team USA was not, uh, let's just say, not done as good as it could have been. Uh, I think if they go back, like if they go to the Olympics, you're going to start to see like, yeah, the the U.S. is starting to level the playing field. I'm not sure it's quite there yet. But yeah, the way you're seeing this world junior success, like there is it. USA is coming. They're kind of firmly establishing themselves as the clear number two, like world power in hockey, whereas you used to have Russia, used to have the Czech, Sweden's still good, but they used to like they used to be right up there. U.S. is kind of becoming that solid number two right behind Canada. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to watch, uh, fun to see the joy on those young men. Did face. you see some of the stats headed into that game? Like the, the team numbers Canada had, put I believe out? the, I believe the one that comes to mind is that in the six games prior to they had, or in what, however many games it was prior to the gold medal round, yeah. they had outscored their opponents 41 to six, 41 to four, 41 to four, 41 to four. And they had not allowed an even strength goal. And this was without, arguably their best player when Kirby Doc got hurt. Like this was without their best player. So yeah. like this, it, it, it just goes to show you how good that team was, but also how good this American team is and, and how deep they were down the middle. And the, it, my favorite part about like that world juniors, it, like the world junior tournament, it, it obviously it's annual happens every year, but you could not watch a game of it early on in the, in the going st- like the, the group stages and all that. But the second somebody hears us and Canada in a gold medal game or in a, in a semifinal, like, Every it's like oh cool must watch like U.S. and Canada let's go like you don't have to know anybody on the team and people are still getting really into it and I think that's a cool part about the tournament plus like all those names you're gonna watch that YouTube highlight five six years from now and it's gonna be just chock full of household NHLers at that point yeah that's the future that's the future of the game on display on Tuesday night it was a fantastic sight to see Matt you got a second one for me or we I do goodbye? I got I got okay. quick it's quick it's fun you're fine um, Michael Keaton is apparently going to be the new Batman, Joe. He's replacing <laughs> Batman. Excuse the fact that those are the first words out of your mouth. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. I think that's probably the first time Michael Keaton's ever been brought up on the Moose and Roots podcast. He is reprising his role as the new Batman. I couldn't tell you how old he is. Give me a second. I'll Google it. Probably like 65. Um, he is reprising his role as Batman. Uh, he is 69. Sorry. Nice. Um, nice. Michael Keaton as a 69-year-old Batman by herself. Um, I'm not selling it because he's 69 years old. I'm selling it because, and I think we've had this conversation before here, stop making Batman. Stop making the Batman movies. I don't care if it's Marvel, 
I don't care if it's Universal. I don't care who's making the movie. We had the best Batman yeah. series with Christian Bale, and they immediately sour it. You got to give Affleck it time. It you got to give it. That was great. Uh, give it ten years. Didn't didn't they have the guy from Twilight do it or something like that? So. I think like, he did one. We've now had th- this will be the third different Batman person playing Batman. There's been more movies than that since the uh, Dark Knight series ended. The Dark Knight series should have been the last Batman ever made unless you wanted to make some cartoons. I don't need a Michael Keaton reprisal. I don't even need a Christian. If you're going to make another Christian Bale Batman, yeah, that's, that's the, the only, only that's the only that's the only way I'm going into the theater. It's the only way I'm spending a dime. That's the only way I'm streaming it. However you want to give it to me. It's the only way I'm watching Batman is if it is another in the Dark Knight series. I mean, I Nothing guess Nothing is going to touch that. I guess if they had to make one, it's good that they're going back to someone that worked. But at the same Ooh, time, can I, like, can I offer a caveat? Sure. I will caveats. go. I will go see this Michael Keaton one if they shoot it like they shot Birdman. Wasn't that the name of that movie that won the Oscar? Birdman. You ever, uh, I, I saw ever, it. I know what it, it is. Was, but I never saw it. It was what he he won the Oscar for it. Um, yeah, I know. I know the movie. I just never saw it. Uh, Bird. Guys, just everybody Google Birdman. Yeah, Birdman, 2014. He won the Oscar. Okay. Amazing movie. Amazing movie, and it was shot like really weird, like bunch of shots like right under his nose. If they shoot it like Birdman, I'm in. Bat Birdman. Bat Birdman. Bird Batman. Like Bird Batman. I would have just loved to be in that pitch meeting at Warner or wherever. It's like, all right, guys, hear me out. No one. No one has a new idea. No one has a new idea. Guys, hear me out. Hear me out. Nobody Batman. has a new idea. Yeah. But Batman. Michael Keaton Batman. Michael Keaton Batman. I think Michael Keaton Batman. Sold. The people love we're nostalgia. Gonna, we're going to bring back uh, what, what was the uh, Dr. Pe- Mr. Penguin? What was the evil guy? Oh, when Danny it was DeVito. Like, when it was uh, DeVito. The, it's as, the Penguin. The yeah, Penguin. The yeah, they're going to bring him they're gonna bring back that. his Penguin. Rematch. Oh, God. Um, don't need it. Penguin 2. Don't need it. Selling it. Matt, uh, you got anything else for people before we say goodbye here? Else. That's it. This has been a fun All right, podcast. As Let's bear always, it out. Let's talk about a win next week. Bear it out. Something bear it out. Let's go get a win. Let's go get ourselves another chance to take down Aaron Rodgers and the bad win. Let's just, just like, worry about that when we have to. Yeah. No, let's let's hope for a competitive game here on Sunday against the Saints. I do love the Bears catching nine and a half, but I won't yeah. touch it because that's bad juju. We don't touch bad juju. The Bears anymore. I'm done. Can't do it. Can't do it burned us too many times. Matt, thank you as always uh, for being my partner here on the Moose and Moons podcast. We thank you, the listeners, for tuning in week after week. Send us those mailbag questions because on the tail end of football here, I hate to say it, but on the tail end of football here, not we're there a yet. Help. Why are you making me sad? I know. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We do it every year. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. You know where sad. he was going with that, people. Just We need mailbags. a little something to fuel the fire out. here on the back end of football. Send us your mailbags. We'll mailbags are like performance-enhancing drugs. They're like our steroids. We, we maybe that's sometimes. And maybe that's the way we, we, we lessen the blow once the Super Bowl is played. That first podcast app, we'll, have a, we'll have a grand mailbag uh, extravaganza. We will touch upon performance-enhancing drugs, mm-hmm. our favorite foods. Whatever you want to talk about, send it our way. Michael T. Most of... A number of you have our phone numbers. Send it there. Uh, if you do not, hit us on Twitter. Mailbag, what's your rooms. favorite Michael Keaton movie? What's your favorite Michael Keaton movie? Mine's Birdman. That's Spoiler, Joe, episode. we're getting to that on the mailbag extravaganza. <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of the Moose and Ruins podcast, episode 188. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Until next week, he's Matt. I'm Joe. We'll talk to you then. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile. For every care, a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome.
Chicken on the stick was phenomenal.